0: Uh, uh, It's uh, my turn. Oh, gosh. I've just been... It's like such a difference from our first episode together, where I'm like, "You do it, no, you do it," and now I'm like trying to steal it every time, steal <laughs> my thunder. Hi, <laughs> hi, how are
1: you? I'm, I'm okay.
0: Yeah, same, same, same. Mm-hmm. Just... I, we've only been back for this is our third episode back. Yeah, we're just out here living the dream, living the dream.
1: If the dream is a nightmare. <laughs>
0: That we are living it yes <laughs> all right what do you have for me today so today
1: we haven't gotten mad at texas in a while and apparently i want to be mad at texas again so i, f-
0: I feel like it's always we're always mad at florida so i think texas deserves it's like
1: well rem- we were mad at texas with darlie
0: oh that's um, right ah don't yeah now I that anger break. is boiling up
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. So you, I'm I'm just getting you to a nice simmer yeah, so that you're ready. You. Thank you. For what I've got coming for yeah. you. So.
0: Hit me with it.
1: I feel like everybody listening to this is probably going to know the name. Um, so today we are going to talk about Melissa Lucio. Um, Never
0: even heard of it.
1: Yeah, once I get started, you'll probably know this. I'm going to tell you right up front. Um I found this case because I was looking for something a little different. So I decided to go to the Innocence Projects page. And they have an active petition right now. This is on the homepage. It really caught my attention. Uh, Melissa Lucio is set to be executed one week from this episode releasing. Oh, my goodness. Her execution date is April 27th, 2022. And the Innocence Project is trying to stop it okay oh no so there's a lot going on with people talking about this right now um i'm not gonna lie this is not an easy case to talk about okay there is a lot of child abuse in this case Ugh. and so um i'm i started looking into this case before we took our break um not gonna lie i have actually i I presented uh I did the case on Denise Amber Lee on the week I had originally att- uh, wanted to cover Melissa Lucio. Oh, okay. Because when I started actually researching Melissa's story, I was extremely uncomfortable. Oh. Um, I didn't know how to feel about this. I honestly, when I started looking into it, I thought that the Innocence Project was wasting their time because she was guilty. okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that I have changed my mind, but, um, just the story itself is hard. And so if, uh, if people care about trying to help someone escape an execution that she probably does not deserve, um, you're going to have to listen to, A lot of physical abuse, a lot of sexual abuse to children in this episode, so...
0: Oh, gosh. Okay. Just be
1: prepared for it. All right. Yeah. And um, I'm going to tell you, while I am leaning towards her being innocent, I am not 100% convinced. Uh, I just don't know. It's a really complicated case. So keep an
0: open mind, I guess.
1: Yeah. Keep an open mind. Um, And if you don't agree with me, you know what? That's okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so. I have to say, earlier today on the way home, I was listening to the Gabriel Hernandez case. So yeah, that already had my stomach. <laughs> You're already right so, there. Yeah. All right. Hit me. Okay.
1: So Melissa Lucio was born in Lubbock, Texas, to an extremely Catholic Mexican American family. Um, that kind of tells you the dynamic of her being raised. Okay. Just very religious. Um, and like a, a Mexican Catholic adhere to certain things, you'll probably pick up on what those things are as we keep going. Um, unfortunately her family did live below the poverty line. They were extremely poor. Melissa's biological father had an affair with her mother while the father was still married to his wife.
0: So her mother was the mistress. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, Her mother's name is Esperanza. Okay. Esperanza gave birth to Melissa as a single mother. And she quickly began a relationship with a man named Samuel Valencia. Um, I think that was just out of desperation to have someone help her raise this child. Okay. Samuel was a violent, angry, and abusive man. On one occasion – Samuel kicked Esperanza while he was wearing steel toe shoes, and uh, obviously Esperanza raising her arms to protect her head and face, he kicked her so hard he broke her wrist.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: This is not a good man. This is the man that is helping raise Melissa. And while Esperanza was with Samuel – he, the together, they had two more children. This was uh, Sonia and Diane. They were Melissa's younger sisters. Okay. Samuel died before Diane was born. I don't really know exactly what happened. I just know that he died while Esperanza was pregnant. Oh, no. So, I mean, she's a single mother again. She's a single mother raising three children now. And. Still not doing very well, very poor. So she pretty quickly met a man named Esquiel Kilo Carr. He was just as bad. He was just as abusive towards Esperanza. Melissa has said that some of her earliest memories are of Esquiel beating her mother. Um, and you know how sometimes you have those memories that are just so vivid, they're like flashes yeah. in your brain. Yeah. It was kind of one of those that Melissa has said that uh, there was this one instance she remembers of SQL beating her mother. Her mother was holding groceries, and she ended up dropping them, and milk spilled across the floor.
0: Yeah, those are light bulb memories. Uh, yeah. Remember, I think we talked about them in a case before where there's just flashes come back to you.
1: Yep, and, and they're yeah. they're burned in your yeah. memory, and you always remember yep. just that one little flash exact of a moment. Exact
0: moment. Uh-huh. Yep.
1: Um, Melissa had another memory of Esquiel dragging her mother across the kitchen floor by her hair um, while Esperanza was bleeding from a head wound.
0: Oh, man.
1: So this is the the environment that Melissa is being raised in.
0: And this is the example of relationships that she's seeing.
1: Exactly. Okay. Um, Esperanza often was not home. Uh, I've seen this quoted as literally working 24-7 she wasn't capable of caring for her daughters because she was trying to support them with several jobs. And as a result, she would leave her children with Esquiel. And so at just six years old, Esquiel began raping Melissa.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: the, The man that is supposed to be caring for her and her sisters. And so Melissa, at six years old, can you imagine this? She To protect her sisters, her younger sisters, she would give them money to go to the store.
0: While he abused her?
1: Yeah. Ugh. Um, So eventually, Melissa gathered up enough courage to confide in her mother about what was happening. And Esperanza's reaction was to slap Melissa across the face and call her a liar and say that she was never to speak of this again to a six-year-old. That's rough. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, this it doesn't get any yeah. better from okay. here. Okay. Okay. So, Esquiel was able to just continue his assault on Melissa for two more years.
0: Uh, two years. Did and she that's... try to tell anybody else? Like, a teacher or she anyone? Was, she was slapped and told
1: to never speak of it again. So, Esperanza and Esquiel eventually broke up around the time Melissa was eight or nine years old. And around that time, I mean, you would think, great, they broke up. Melissa gets some kind of reprieve.
0: but Don't tell me.
1: Melissa's uncle Andres began raping her as well. Oh, my
0: God. So uh, his wife
1: and Melissa and uh, Esperanza would go out to garage sales together. So Andres would be left at home with the children and he would force her into a bedroom and rape her.
0: See, this is why I have trouble believing in a higher power s- solely because w- when we hear these horrible cases, especially rape and abuse of children, like uh, where were their protectors and like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, right? I that is just, I can't even, I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. And it I'm just... I'm really sorry, but it it does not get any better. It, this is, yeah, um, I'm just going to keep going. So because Melissa was conditioned that, I mean, her mom slapped her when she tried to tell her about Oh, yeah. So when she tried to tell her mother about her uncle, she actually didn't try to tell her mother. She just stayed quiet and let it happen because that's what she was conditioned to do. So about the time Melissa was nine years old, just being a dumb, rebellious kid, she stole some cigarettes from her mother's purse and she snuck off to a maintenance closet to like just a cracked open maintenance closet in their apartment complex to smoke them. She was just being a dumb kid. Yeah. A, A maintenance man passed by and caught her. And so immediately Melissa starts crying like she's nine years old. She just got caught doing something she shouldn't do. Of course she thinks that this guy is going to go, like, drag her over to her mom. Yeah. Don't. This man tells her, if you do this, I won't tell your mom. And he forced himself into her mouth. So Melissa didn't say anything. And um, a year later, Esperanza met a man named Oligario Trevino. And they got married pretty quickly.
0: Please tell me
1: he's an okay man. Not really. Oh, God. There aren't very many okay. There's actually, there's exactly one okay man in this entire story. Ugh. And he makes a very brief appearance. Okay. So, Oligario was a musician, and as a musician, not a very good one, he didn't really have a stable income. So, Esperanza was working two jobs to support the family, and obviously they argued often about finances. Okay. Their marriage was defined by frequent separation, get-back-together periods, a lot of domestic violence, and a lot of infidelity.
0: So super healthy.
1: Of course, uh-huh. just like all the other relationships we've seen yeah. so far. And due to the financial instability of the family, they moved several times between Lubbock, Houston, and Harlingen. Um, just to give you an idea of how that how big that area is. Uh, I think it's a nine-hour drive between Lubbock and Houston.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just – it's very far. They're moving all over the state of Texas. So as a result, they were – the kids were repeatedly enrolled, withdrawn, re-enrolled, moved, withdrawn over this period of time. And um, I thought that I had written down how many times they moved in this time period. I yeah. think it was something like 30 times. Okay. It is a it's ridiculous a okay. number of times. Um, so by the time Melissa turned sixteen, she was looking for any way out of that house. I bet. And so her ticket out was 20-year-old Guadalupe Lucio. Okay. Texas law at the time, she was too young to consent to marriage, except her mother gave consent. So at 16 years old, Melissa married this 20-year-old just to get out of the house. Okay. Unfortunately, Guadalupe was a violent alcoholic and a drug dealer. Of course. He repeatedly beat Melissa over the course of their marriage. And at 16 years old, like I said, that's when they got married, just after their marriage, Guadalupe's sister introduced Melissa to cocaine. So, to deal with the pain of the trauma that she had, Melissa began to self medicate.
0: Can I? Do we get like anything good from any of this? <laughs> just no. Please give me hope. No, nothing. No, okay. I'm sorry. This is, <gasps> okay, this is not a good week. Um, are you trying to be me? Are you trying to beat me at my own game here?
1: I'm not. <laughs> I just think that it's important because her execution date is, is literally so seven days away. Okay. So it's. I think it's important for people to hear the whole story because okay. the whole story is not being told right now. Okay. So Guadalupe would go out on Friday nights to drink away their paycheck. And Melissa would ask her sister, Sonia, please come with me. Please help me find him before he drinks our money away. We have children to feed. We have bills to pay. He and Melissa had five children together ultimately. Until one day, he just abandoned them. Oh, God. Like, literally one day, he drove to a bus station, left their car there, and disappeared. And this was so sudden that Melissa actually reported him missing. Wow. Because she didn't think that he had abandoned them. So, now Melissa kind of – not kind of – repeating the cycle here is a single mother – trying to support five children on her own and she quickly met a new man named robert alvarez okay and robert was not any better he's not our one good guy i'll tell you when we get to the one good guy
0: yeah please do
1: he beat her choked her raped her and threatened to kill her pretty much constantly and melissa and her family Sank deeper and deeper into poverty. She and Robert went on to have seven additional children.
0: Excuse me? Seven more?
1: Melissa is a Mexican Catholic.
0: That means birth
1: control is not an option.
0: So, how many did she have prior to meeting him? Six? Five. They have 12. And she goes on to have seven more.
1: Yep. And interspersed in all of this were several miscarriages um i didn't want to detail those because obviously we don't need to that's traumatic she's had enough trauma but keep in mind she has been repeatedly sexually abused physically abused she's had several miscarriages she is not in a good place she's also hooked on cocaine yeah because she needed a way to escape and she is just by all accounts she was just a struggling mother trying to take care of her family this
0: is horrible crystal
1: it's horrible yeah At some point during their relationship, Melissa's children finally called CPS on themselves. Oh my gosh. To say that there was domestic violence happening in the home. These poor babies. And the children, so one of the school principals for one of the children's schools, it's there's no easy way to say that dynamic, because I don't know what child it was. And a, a school principal saw Robert. Punching Melissa in the middle of a park in the middle of the day. Oh, gosh. And and he also called reporting abuse. So, of course, there was an investigation and there were actually allegations that Robert was sexually assaulting one of Melissa's daughters.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So, literally just repeating everything. And if this isn't disgusting enough that it's one of Melissa's daughters, it was – her daughter was named Melissa. They they used to call her Little Melissa. So, like, how how disgusting is that? First of all, that it's a child, and second, that it's the same name as the woman that you are. Yeah, that's supposed awful. to. It's just gross. Unfortunately, this daughter actually recanted this disclosure later. I don't think that makes it any less legitimate. I think that she was threatened. Oh, because yeah. Robert is not above beating. Yeah, so. obviously just because she recanted I don't think that means anything.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
1: Um there was also reports of abuse between the siblings. Like, like the siblings
0: just... were abusing each other too? Yeah. Well, I mean they see it uh, like that's the only thing they know that makes sense in a twisted way, I guess.
1: It was very specific siblings and I will I'll get into it a little bit more later.
0: Okay. So,
1: somehow, despite several extremely well-documented instances of physical, sexual, and verbal abuse, CPS and the police didn't intervene. Why? I don't know why. I don't know why. They, they decided to monitor the situation. Okay. So, of course, the family is constantly having financial troubles. They're trying to support 12 children. I don't think either parent was doing very well in the job department. They were often homeless, constantly moving around. Yeah. They pretty much relied on food banks and supply banks for food, clothing, and school supplies for the children. Yeah. And, oh, oh here it is. I knew that I had this somewhere. Over the course, Melissa was with Robert for seven years. The family moved twenty six times in those seven years. In the same area, or were these different states too? From uh, in the same Texas, from like Houston to Lubbock. Okay. Most of the time, they were forced to move because they couldn't pay their rent. So, like they're so they were just kicked out,
0: basically. Yeah.
1: Okay. Part of the CPS investigation included a psychiatric evaluation of Melissa. So finally, she's actually getting some some kind of mental health attention. Yeah. Hopefully. Dr. Xavier J. Martinez evaluated her and diagnosed her with cocaine abuse and disivmic disorder. Disivmic disorder? What's that? It's a chronic mood disorder. Okay. I'm going to sound like the DSM-5 here for a second because I actually took this from the DSM-5. It is a chronic mood disorder, the symptoms of which are generalized degree of hopelessness, loss of energy, decreased activity, and underlying feelings of inadequacy. It sounds a lot like depression, right? Yeah,
0: totally. It is a
1: form of depression. Okay. It is a particularly concentrated form of depression, and it's categorized by lasting more than two years. And it used to be called depressive personality disorder until the 1970s, but they changed it to persistent depressive disorder.
0: Persistent depressive disorder.
1: Uh, which is the more friendly way to say dysthemic disorder. Yeah, okay. Like there's so many whys in this. I'm yeah, not pronouncing yeah. it right. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Basically, people with this disorder, one of the ways that you diagnose it is that people suffering from this think depression is just part of their personality. They think that it's just normal. It's who they are.
0: So they've lived with it so long and that's just, yeah, they that's don't just know That's who it. they are. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um I bet there's so doc- a lot of people out there like that. Like that don't really know and they're not gonna ask for help because they're just like this is
1: Exactly. This is That's who one I of am. The things. Yeah. yeah. People who suffer from this don't ask for help because they don't they don't realize that anything's wrong if that makes sense no that totally know, th- makes sense yeah I know for most people that's not something you can comprehend of like yeah if you're feeling that shitty you should tell someone yeah but when you think you're feeling that shitty because that's just you're a shitty feeling person yeah
0: you don't know yeah just like when you've been raised in an abusive environment that's all you know so when someone yeah. when that's the situation you get yourself in it that's just the way it is Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So um, Dr. Martinez recommended counseling for drug and alcohol abuse, as well as personal vocational guidance, parenting education, and behavioral supervision for Melissa. So he's basically telling her, let's get you in a rehab program. Let's get you some therapy. Let's get you some parenting education. Let's get you some job training. Like he is actually putting her on a course to make good things happen for her.
0: Good. Good. Is and this I the think...
1: only good guy? This guy? Um, I actually forgot about Doctor Martinez. Okay, so good. Because yeah, guys. good. Uh, but, I mean, that tells you how bad this story is. Yeah. That they make such brief appearances that ugh, yeah. Um. So by 2004, CPS ended up removing the seven youngest children good. from Melissa and Robert. Good. They cited parental negligence as their reason, but it was um. Things like an unclean home environment, inadequate food, no electricity or water, homelessness, lack of supervision because both the parents were out working. These are all symptoms of extreme poverty.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: And you guys, like, I'm sure the listeners are picking up on a theme here. Um, I firmly believe that Melissa is in the position she is because she is being punished for being poor. I I mean, yeah. Yeah that is what i believe and i there are not very many things that i will sit here and go you will not convince me otherwise this is one of those things that i'm like i don't care what you say melissa is being punished for being poor
0: 100%
1: so i will note that cps did document two instances of what they officially call physical abuse two and this was because Two of the infants that were born by Melissa tested positive for cocaine at the time of their birth, oh wow. CPS automatically classifies this as physical abuse, and I just i want to make it clear okay there are zero reports of physical violence by Melissa against her children
0: other than the two the two young ones being born drug addicted basically i'm I'm trying to be very clear here that that's
1: officially physical abuse okay there is no documented physical violence Okay, that's super important here okay eventually cps did return the seven children back okay um the family was at the time they were living in a second floor apartment and this is when the abuse between the siblings got really bad.
0: The older siblings to the younger ones, or is this... Because I guess you're going to specify in a second, you said. Yeah,
1: so specifically, most of the children talked about the two older sisters, Alexandra and Selena, harming their youngest sister, Mariah. Alex and Selena were 15 and 16 years old. Mariah was two. Okay, okay. John was the oldest son and he had left home when he was 16. So he'd been out of the house for quite a while. The younger siblings, like the eight and nine-year-old siblings, would call him and they would say, "Uh, Alex and Selena are being mean to Mariah. They're hurting Mariah. They're pinching Mariah. Oh, no. And so John would come home and he would visit. And so there was actually... An extensive interview done on a YouTube podcast called The Lone Star Plate that released uh, the beginning of March, I believe. Uh John was on this and he was giving an an interview. He mentioned that at this time, he, he was not getting along so well with his mother and Robert. He didn't say why, but it was bad enough that John would not visit his siblings if the parents were home
0: oh
1: um so there was one of these instances like so john would go to the house and he would i guess mariah loved him
0: oh like she
1: would run jump in his arms cling to him be all over him and john start said that he started to notice that mariah was physically terrified of alex and selena oh no she would cower. She, Her personality would change when they were in the room. And, of course, these two girls are not going to do anything when John is there. Yeah. So this is just John going based on what his younger siblings are telling him and what he is seeing with his own eyes. He's never seen Alex or Selena physically harm Mariah. He's just kind of putting some pieces together. Yeah. So this brings us... To February fifteenth, two thousand seven. Okay. Melissa and the family were moving out of that two-bedroom apartment and into somewhere else. Okay. Um, that second-floor apartment. There was a very poorly maintained set of very steep stairs that led up to the apartment. Oh no! So Mariah actually had a little bit of a physical disability. I didn't see exactly what it was. I think I saw it was like one of her feet was slightly turned in. So it made her kind of wobbly when she would okay. walk. Yeah. Uh, It didn't really hinder her. It was just kind of a – she was prone to accidents because of this very minor disability. Okay. So Mariah fell down the stairs. Oh, no. Reportedly, after the fall, she seemed fine. She seemed like herself. Nothing seemed wrong. And Melissa did not witness the fall. It was actually the children who told her, hey, Mariah fell down the stairs. Because she looked at Mariah and said, like, you know, you look fine. You're acting okay. Nothing seems wrong. Let's just not tell Robert about this. Because Mariah knew. I mean, Robert's beaten her for no reason. Yeah. How much do you think she's going to beat her if he knows that CPS has been watching them? Their baby just fell down the stairs. Exactly. So they – no one told Robert. Two days later, baby Mariah went down for a nap and never woke up.
0: Oh, no. Oh, that's so sad.
1: John ended up visiting the house during this time. And um, when he got to the house, Mariah was in the back room sleeping. And a couple of the siblings mentioned, like, you know, Mariah's been down for a while. We can't wake her up. I mean, they're kids. So yeah. they're going, they Mariah yeah. won't wake up. Uh-huh. So John, John's thinking, Mariah loves me. Yeah. If anyone can get her up, all I have to do is open that door and say her name and she will spring yeah. out of that bed. Yeah. He goes in. I believe he said Alex was in the room with her. Alex left the room when John walked in. And that poor baby did not wake up. He said he picked her up. She wasn't really responding. And then he heard Melissa come home. Oh, no. And like I said, he was not in a good place with them. Yeah. During this th- this podcast interview, he said it was bad enough that he wanted to leave the house before the cops were called. Yeah. I don't know what was going on with them. I just know that that's, that's a bad relationship. Yeah,
0: not a good one.
1: So he put Mariah back down and he left. Didn't say anything to anyone really about, nope, I couldn't wake Mariah up. He just left.
0: But he knew she was she was dead.
1: I think in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, because as you watch him in this interview, you can see it on his face that at the moment it didn't register. But he says, and this is so sad, he was like, when I picked her up, her body was cold. And I cannot imagine what that must feel like at this point. Because – there's a part of him that thinks that maybe if he had just taken Mariah with him when he left, he could have saved her. I don't know that he could have, but he he's never going to know.
0: Yeah. That's so, so awful.
1: Um, by the time that it was determined that Mariah was unresponsive, 911 was called, paramedics arrived. One of them noted that Melissa was, quote, somewhat distressed but distant. And Robert was, quote, non-distressed and distant. So, just a couple of hours after finding her baby dead, Melissa was brought to the police department for questioning. Okay. And they used aggressive interrogation techniques. And as a victim of domestic abuse, Melissa was really susceptible to being... Domineered and shouted at by these police officers. Oh no. And Melissa, I mean, think she has been abused in every way imaginable. Yeah, that's what she I was, was thinking. Six years old. Gosh. And if you think about the way trauma victims operate, usually they shut down their emotions just so that they can get through the situation. Well,
0: yeah. I don't blame them either.
1: So Melissa, during this interrogation, was subdued and quiet. And because she was shutting off her emotions, she appeared to be emotionally detached. That's what the police said. They said she was emotionally detached. Over the course, it was a five-hour interrogation. Police never gave Melissa the opportunity to sleep or eat. I believe they took her in at 11 p.m. Okay. Uh, She didn't get a chance to sleep or eat. The hours dragged on. I've seen some of the video of this interrogation. Melissa is repeatedly like she is exhausted. She lays her head down on the table to like try and get a break. And then they yell at her again to like get her up again.
0: Oh, my gosh. Why are they being mean to her?
1: Because they believe she killed her daughter. She continuously denied having anything to do with it. While investigators hammered her with questions, accusations, false sympathy, which you know she has experienced as a domestic violence victim. Yeah. You know, we're just here to help you. If you just play along with us, then nothing bad will happen. Can you imagine someone who is repeatedly, like when you're in a domestic violence situation, they go from extreme anger to, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Back and forth. So this is just more of what she knows.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: They took photos of her dead baby to try and coerce her into admitting that she killed her daughter. Oh my God. At one point, they brought a baby doll into the room and forced her to show them how she would hit her child.
0: Today's date is 2-18-2007. It is 3 a.m. We are here at the Harlingen Police Department. I am here with Melissa Lucio. My name is Victor Escalon with the Texas Rangers. I am also, in this room, is Officer Harlingen Police Detective Javier Villarreal. Show, lay her down and show me how you would spank her. What was it like, was it one time or was it several times? Several times. Show
1: me how. But show me the same force you would use. Was your right or left hand? Mm-hmm. Left, right
0: hand.
1: Would you be standing up or sitting down? Both. Which, how, how would you do it when you're sitting down? Show me how you would do it. But, I mean, the way you actually did it.
0: I just get it over with.
1: I just beat her real hard on her back.
0: Well, do it real hard like you like you would do it. Yeah, just her hard. But Like the way you would do it.
1: That's the way I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't pound on her. But. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: do it. You done. Was it harder? No. Because I, mean, I just, I, I'm doing it hard. Well,
1: but, you're doing it on yourself. This is. I mean I wasn't calling on her, renting anything. Show me
0: exactly how you would do it like this. Yes. Oh my goodness. I hope none of this was admissible in court. Isn't that like uh a ho- like like bad interrogation? Techniques? These, these are legitimate
1: interrogation techniques. Oh, However, my
0: goodness.
1: they lead to a lot of false confessions from specifically women, and more specifically women who are victims of domestic violence.
0: Holy cow.
1: So you can see in this video, and they give her this baby doll. It's literally like a doll. And they say, show us how you would hit your child. And she gives it like a little tap. Like, I have to make it really clear here. Melissa's children said that their mother was so lenient they could run wild and do whatever they wanted because she never could hit them. She couldn't even give them the little love spanks.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And so the police officers make her hit this doll. And at one point, she finally gives in and she because – these men are not going to leave her alone. Yeah, unless... she just
0: wants to wants it to stop, so she's going to do whatever. So
1: she she progressively hits it harder and harder oh because they're gosh. going. No, no, you you hit her harder than that, right? And basically forces her to beat this doll. Oh my goodness. So, again, remember Melissa is from a very strong Catholic background. Yeah, the investigators told her things like God will forgive you. If you tell us what you did,
0: that kind of pisses me off. I don't see how this is like okay interrogation practices. Like that. I don't agree with it either.
1: So, like I said, after five hours of interrogation, Melissa had been awake for nineteen hours straight. Holy she cow! She had found her baby dead. Mm-hmm. She broke down and finally just said what she needed to to make it stop. stop. Yep. She said, "I guess I did it. I'm responsible."
0: Yeah, I. You know what? I don't blame her. Listening to what she's been through in her life, and how 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 she's been treated by police. I mean, I don't blame her. Ultimately, she went to trial
1: for capital murder of her child. Yeah. No. She needs help. Um. The Cameron County District Attorney Armando Villalobos was the lead prosecutor. And in Texas, that is an elected position. That was a re-election year, and he wanted to be re-elected. So he decided to make an example of Melissa Lucio. Of course. There, I have to repeat this again, because this is so important. There is zero documented evidence to show that Melissa was ever physically abusive with her children. The only quote-unquote confession that they could use was not even a confession by the way she did not say i killed my daughter she said i'm responsible which
0: in a way is like saying it but not not admitting that just she is is she's not the same she's responsible for her children not for the the murder yes yeah
1: yeah i that is not a confession no no The police officers and the rangers who were uh, interrogating her testified, saying that her demeanor was cold and indifferent regarding the death of her child. Melissa's defense had an expert witness who was ready to explain this behavior. They said that uh, they were going to testify that she she had battered women's syndrome. She was shutting down because that is her survival mechanism. And when she was faced with domineering and hostile male figures, which these men absolutely were, yeah, her way to get through it was to shut down and say whatever she needed to to get through the situation yeah. and make it end. Yeah. The judge ruled the testimony was
0: irrelevant
1: and would not allow the How expert to testify.
0: Is that irrelevant?
1: He said it was irrelevant because – Melissa never devi- denied involvement in Mariah's death, except for the four hours and 50 minutes that she spent saying she had nothing to do with it. I, I don't know. That's just ridiculous. I'm so mad. without that expert, I told you, we're mad at Texas this yep. week. forever. Without that expert witness, Melissa had zero way to explain why she claimed responsibility and why she was acting the way she was. The jury did not get any context. Also, the jury never got to hear about the sexual assault she uh, suffered in her past. Nothing about her physical abuse from her partners. Nothing about her Oh my goodness. No witnesses. There were no witnesses to testify about the allegations that, by the way, one of the other children was responsible for Mariah's death. I'll go into that in a minute. And actually, you know what the jury never heard? Hmm. They never heard about Mariah's accident falling down the stairs.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I'll tell you what the jury did get. They got that statement that I'm responsible. They got photos of, and this is where I found this information before I found a lot of other stuff, which is why I almost initially did not cover this because I didn't think she deserved it. They found information about Mariah's body. Which was covered in bruises, not only from the fall, but they were in many stages of healing. Oh, my god! All over her body. There was a photo. I, I didn't see the photo until a few days ago. But I saw over and over, Mariah had bite marks on her body. Oh, no. From the her gonna siblings. You, I'm going to tell you right now, I saw the photo. That's not a damn bite mark. Oh, they, the jury was also told that at the time of her death, Mariah had an untreated broken arm that was six or seven weeks old.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And they were told that Melissa admitted to killing her daughter, even though she didn't. She didn't. She said she
0: was responsible. So, Melissa was convicted of capital murder. I cannot believe that. Did anyone testify on her behalf? I'll get into the defense later.
1: Melissa's defense team was not prepared for the penalty phase of the trial because the prosecution making an example of Melissa was going for the death penalty. Except Melissa has no criminal history. She has no documented evidence that she ever abused her children. Yeah. So what are they gonna use? That's what to I'm prove wondering.
0: That she deserves the death penalty. Yeah. What she has a DWI. Oh, my goodness. So because you have a DWI, that means you are a killer. Listen to this.
1: By the way, this DWI, Melissa pled guilty to because after that five-hour interrogation where she had been awake for 19 hours straight, I believe it was 3 a.m. that she finally broke down and said, I'm responsible. She was in custody for three months before they assigned her a public defender. Oh, my goodness. And in that three months, they presented her with a DWI uh, charge against her. She didn't know what else to do, so she pled guilty. Oh, my goodness. And that DWI is what they used against her to get the death penalty.
0: Holy and cow. And she got it. That This is ridiculous. This is
1: if, – if this is real and she actually abused her daughter, because for a minute when I saw the information about the bruises and the broken arm and the bite marks, yeah. I was like, why would I want to help this woman? Yeah. I just don't think that's what
0: happened. I don't either. And how many other children are in the house? And how many other instances of abuse do we have proof of from the other children? Oh, uh, we'll get into more – Uh, Of that.
1: We're nowhere near done right now. Okay. So if her defense lawyer had been competent in any way, shape, or form, he should have been able to make a counter argument that this is ridiculous.
0: She can't even get lucky there in having good uh, defense. Oh. Oh. Oh, God. Melissa's
1: family believes that the defense did a bad job on purpose. Because guess what? Just a couple of weeks after Melissa's conviction, he went to work for the DA's office. Excuse me? Yep. Oh, oh my God. There's actually rumors that have been floating around that he knew he had a job with them at the time he was defending Melissa.
0: You are kidding me.
1: I I looked and I searched trying to find something to substantiate that. I think I saw a couple of uh, interviews and things that said that the man clearly said, if if you told me that I would be working for the DA's office, I would have called you a liar. Like, there's nothing that says this is true, but the timing is real suspect. So anyway, he works for the office. That is fighting to keep her in prison. And by the way, his wife works for the judge overseeing. Oh, this case, my. Which is a huge conflict of interest. Yeah. Right? How
0: come? Why didn't anyone catch that?
1: Melissa's current legal team
0: is, is filed okay. in motion. Good.
1: Uh, as of a few weeks ago, formally requesting that that office recuse themselves. Thank you. I have not seen a response to it yet.
0: And I'm and I'm kind of I kind of get the feeling we won't.
1: I mean, it's getting down to the wire here. Um, I do have to say that we are recording this a few weeks in advance. So if there has been a we can do an update. Yeah, I will try and get an update out there. But this is the information we have as of now. Melissa, of course, appealed her case. She appealed it six times. On her fifth appeal. Her death sentence was reversed. Oh, wow. Which has only ever happened for one other person in Texas state history. Oh, good. The state of Texas appealed this decision, and so it went to a panel of 17 judges to look over the information and make a ruling. And? Seven of them said they agreed with Melissa.
0: Okay. Seven
1: said they agreed with the state. Three of them said that they did not have the authority to make judgments on whatever. I don't understand why they wouldn't make a fucking decision, but they didn't. So Melissa is still on death row. Oh, my goodness. Her sixth appeal was to the Supreme Court. They denied to hear her case. And so she is out of options. And I didn't know this. I don't know if this is federal law or if this is Texas state law. Yeah. But apparently your first appeal is the only time you can put new evidence in. Every subsequent appeal is only on procedural issues. You cannot admit new evidence as a reason for the appeal. So
0: you got to be sure you have everything that you want in there in the first appeal. But that's bullshit because
1: guess what? Just a couple of years ago, new evidence came out.
0: Why do they have that as a rule? That seems so... I don't know. It's almost like, okay, we're going to give you a chance, but you better not fuck up that chance. Yeah, I don't even understand, especially for situations like this where... I wonder if it's to hinder appeals, like to not make them so soon to wait longer just in case you get more evidence, but then the longer you wait, the longer you're there, especially if you're innocent. Right, I have no idea. Um, So the new
1: evidence that came out One of, so I don't know the exact order of all the children. There's only a few that really play in here. Yeah. I think John is the oldest. There's another daughter between John and Alex and Selena. Her name is Daniela. Daniela witnessed Alex slamming Mariah's head into the ground. Serious enough that Daniela would not allow her to be alone with her children anymore. Did she get to testify then? None of them did. None of them got called to testify.
0: This is ridiculous.
1: So um I'm like getting more and more amped up. So I just have to I mean, how second. did you
0: feel when you were researching this? Jeez. I've been researching this for like a month
1: now. Yeah. And it has bothered me more and more every time I look at my notes. Yeah. So like I said, as of the release of this episode, Melissa's execution is set for One week from today. Okay. There's an active petition on the Innocence Project's website.
0: Which I'm going to go sign right now.
1: (laughs) I will include it in the show notes because I think it's important. Yes. Selena has a TikTok. Oh. Where she talks about how her mother abused them. What? Let me play this shit for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, by the way, you can't find her TikTok because she got banned. Good. But the TikToks are everywhere. Go on YouTube. You'll find them. Okay. But I want to play this clip for you.
0: Yeah, and I know what I'm doing after this. Abuses from my mother's rings on my sister's body. So, So my mom did abuse my sister. And the abuse led to my sister's death. Do I think my mom meant to kill my
1: sister? Absolutely not. But it happened. And that's
0: what she's in prison for. And that's possibly what she will get executed for. Oh, my god. So she's
1: standing there. I mean, she sounds pretty serious about this. I'm going to tell you right now, Selena's TikTok is the reason a lot of people think that Melissa is guilty. Just because of her TikToks? Because she's come out and she's talked about how her mom abused them and how— Have
0: any of the other siblings come out and talked about it?
1: they were all on this interview on this Lone Star uh podcast. And what'd they say? Um there was also recently a documentary that was released by a woman named Sabrina that has all of this footage of interviews she did with the kids, interviews she's done. I did not watch it. Um I'm gonna say that right now because I have heard that it is extremely biased. I really did not want to get inundated with biased information i really did my best to try and use court documents for most of this uh, i use the innocence project for some of it i use appeals i know that this it's going to be biased because they're trying to defend her um i didn't want to see something as biased as a documentary it's a different tone of bias okay so i did not watch it all right the sabrina the creator of this documentary in response to Selena's TikToks, started releasing unreleased documentary footage of interviews she conducted with Selena. Oh. Where Selena says her mom never abused them. Oh.
0: Like, like, she's point-blank says that.
1: Yes, she does. And even at the time that Mariah died, there was a P.I. that met with them, and Alex, The uh, I know I've been talking a lot about Selena because Selena is the one who's been more public-facing. Yeah. Alex told the P.I., I pushed her. What are you going to do? Arrest me? She admitted to pushing Mariah down the stairs.
0: And that's probably, now, did we go over the autopsy?
1: I don't – there's not a whole lot of information about the autopsy. So they don't say um, how she died? It's it's from head injuries from the fall.
0: Well, yeah. That's what I – that I mean, that's what I would figure.
1: I will post a photo. It's not graphic. Um, It's just a very close-up of this one particular mark on her body. It's the one that they claim is a bite mark. And I suppose if you looked at it – let me send it to you.
0: Oh my gosh! I, I mean, you
1: could you could see it and maybe think that some of these scratches are teeth marks, maybe, but
0: that looks this... to me more like um a hand. Well, no, like like not like you know like when you dig your nails into somebody because that like, but the, God, that would have to I be could pretty. see that, but
1: I mean, look at the the ruler that's next to it. This thing is five centimeters big. A bite mark by even a teenager would be double that size. So I have no yeah. idea what this is.
0: I don't either. I don't
1: think that it's a bite mark. and a forensic expert that they had look at this, not the one that testified in the trial. I'll talk about her in a minute, but a different one said that they don't believe this is a bite mark based on striations in this mark.
0: No, that kind of looks like too if like you know you're you're grabbing someone and then you like twist it like, like you oh you know what i'm saying I not
1: even think of yeah, that because what... i don't know i know this was on her back i don't know what part yeah. what if they went to like snatch her shirt and got some of her skin
0: yeah that's what that looks like to me i
1: i could buy that yeah
0: actually mm-hmm. okay. yeah so
1: um in some of her tiktoks um or on a social media post i couldn't actually find this one i saw people talking about it i couldn't find the post selena has come out and said that you know i told the police that my mom never heard us at the time because my mom asked me to lie
0: oh my gosh sabrina
1: van tassel the creator of the documentary obviously did a foia request as part of her research oh guess who was never interviewed by the police and is a damn liar
0: who selena oh my goodness how could she tell the police
1: that she was never abused because her mom told her to if she was never even interviewed by the police oh my gosh like i said during the interview with lone star plate john actually actively says that his mother was too lenient with them she would shout at them she would threaten to spank them but she could never actually do it her niece said that her aunt mel's house was the fun house she would make you whatever you wanted for breakfast. You could run around and do whatever you wanted. She loved being at her Aunt Mel's house. Melissa's mother and sister, Sonia, talked about how they would tell Melissa, Melissa, you need to spank your children. They're running around like hooligans. Yeah. And Melissa would say no.
0: So well, yeah, because she all... probably wanted them to be kids. Yeah. With all the horrible shit she's already, you know.
1: Yeah. And so you have all of these stories of people saying Melissa would never lay a hand on her children. She doted on her children. She loved her children, especially the baby. She said that, I think it was Sonia, said that some of the other kids were actually jealous of how much Melissa loved Mariah.
0: Aw. That makes me sad. Some of that
1: was actually due to, so... The seven children were removed from her care. Uh Mariah was only a few weeks old when she was removed. And so she was being raised away from Melissa. So she would be extra loving to her. Because she needed to establish that mother bond with the baby that she couldn't. So sad. So you have all of these people saying Melissa never laid a hand on her children. And you have two of her daughters. The two that everyone else says abused. injured this yeah, baby. Yeah, And those two are the ones saying that their mom abused them.
0: Yeah, no one is making the connection there? Hello? Yeah. Jeez.
1: So a PI that worked on this case, her name was Lynn Marie Garcy. She interviewed both Alex and Selena. And this is the woman that Alex admitted she pushed her down the stairs.
0: Oh, to, to this lady.
1: To the PI. Yeah. So the PI goes to the lawyer, the defense lawyers, and she said, "Um, one of the children admitted to harming this baby, and the lawyer said they weren't going to use it.
0: That's so bizarre. So Alex
1: was a minor in 2007 when she was being interviewed by this PI. Yeah. She could not be compelled to sign a written statement. And when she became an adult, she refused to sign any kind of statement. So they don't have any actual documentation, like official, legally admissible documentation.
0: Of it, yeah.
1: Lynn Marie Garcia says that she thinks that there was a grudge between these teenage girls and Mariah. Oh, man. It is so petty.
0: Oh, my gosh. She's a baby
1: she had a different father than them.
0: Oh my goodness. So
1: Mariah's father, and this is our, our one good man. Mariah's father was a man named David. Melissa met David while Robert was in prison. And Melissa's family says that David was the love of her life.
0: And he was good.
1: He was good to her. And he was good to the children.
0: When Robert... uh
1: was released from prison i guess it was a routine that every night around 7 seven thirty, he would hop on his bike and go look for a fix so david would come by the house to make sure the kids had food he would buy groceries for them because he wasn't rich but yeah. he was financially a little better off than them yeah. so he would buy groceries and bring them and on nights when he couldn't do that he would take the entire family to his house So that he could feed them from his own pantry.
0: Oh. Oh. And this was Mariah's dad.
1: This was Mariah's father. The
0: one baby that probably had a better chance at, like, breaking the cycle.
1: And really sad. Uh Uh-huh. Two days after Mariah was found dead, David was found dead.
0: Of what? Did he commit suicide?
1: I don't know. John said in the interview that he believes it was from, like, a broken heart.
0: It makes it sound like
1: there was no, like, serious reason or no homicide or anything like
0: that. Yeah, but still. Here's where we
1: get back to this grudge that Selena specifically had against Mariah. Probably Alex, too, but this is very specific to Selena. In a filmed interview, it wasn't used for the documentary, but there's a 15-year-old Selena telling the story about the night Mariah was born. Usually a 15-year-old telling the story, it would probably be real cutesy. No. So she said that at the time, she didn't even know her mom was pregnant. I believe she was 13 at the time. Okay, maybe you don't know your mom's pregnant, whatever. And so suddenly one night, her mom was just giving birth on the floor in their home.
0: That's a little odd. Okay.
1: So she talked about the fact that they were poor. I mean, we've said this a few times. They were in extreme poverty so they didn't really have a lot
0: yeah and
1: she mentioned that sometimes they would get clothes and she made like a little you know i don't know where my mom even got the clothes and that makes sense kids don't recognize like the things that their parents do for them sometimes i'm guessing it came from some kind of donation bank yeah anyway There is this one specific like Spongebob Squarepants shirt that was exactly her size and she loved it. It was something new. It was something that made her not look like the poor kid in class. Yeah. When Mariah was born, they had used this shirt to clean up the blood and the afterbirth from the floor.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And in this clip in the interview.
0: Does she bring it up like she's petty about it? This
1: is this. I'm telling you, this is how she told it in the interview. Oh my gosh! She starts crying. Oh my goodness! Because she was angry they used her shirt. Oh my goodness! She, not not a single moment did she express concern for whether her mom or the baby were okay. This is a serious medical thing you're doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, anything. I get it because kids I, are I like too. that. But like, come on, as you get older.
1: You're, you should be able to look back and, and be and like, be okay, like, I at was the time done. I was pissed. No, she is literally, you can see it in the interview. She's still angry about oh my this. Goodness.
0: Well, and then I have to say, too, there's probably um, some mental health issues there that she.
1: Yeah, I bet.
0: That she has.
1: So um, I have not really mentioned what happened to Robert in the midst of all of this, right? Like this was his daughter, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Robert was taken to trial. He was charged with reckless injury to a child for failing to seek medical care. He was convicted of this, which, by the way, is a much lesser charge than capital murder. And he was sentenced to four years compared to Melissa sitting on death row.
0: That's what I'm thinking. Like, what? If I'm Melissa, I'm like, excuse me?
1: Yeah. So, um you know someone I've talked about several of the people involved with this case. Uh I already mentioned um that the lead prosecutor wanted to make a, a an example of Melissa. Did you know that he is currently serving a 13-year prison sentence for bribery? Uh-huh. He accepted More than one hundred thousand dollars in exchange for favorable outcomes in criminal trials. And guess what? The time frame he was convicted for Mariah's trial was right in
0: there.
1: Also, I mentioned that the forensic expert that they used in the trial, the one that said this was a bite mark, Uh her name was Norma Jean Farley, and she currently has a lawsuit against her too. From what I understand. Um, this is another really sad one. Uh, there was a a story of a middle school student who was either either fell or was pushed out the back of a school bus, and unfortunately they died. Norma Jean Farley was the medical examiner, the forensic pathologist that examined the body. She ruled it a suicide. So the family is um bringing trying to bring charges against her for negligence I think malpractice I'm not exactly sure what but she's in the middle of this lawsuit right now and that is the forensic expert that they used in Melissa's trial also I forgot to write this down but this is interesting uh they thought that the mark on Mariah's back was back was a bite mark right yeah. um we all kind of know that like bite mark is a junk science these days but back then they still kind of believed in it you think something's a bite mark what do you do you take a bite S- mark right yeah guess what they did and they didn't use it in trial because it didn't match
0: they took a, a bite mark from her and it doesn't match
1: they took a bite mold from Melissa to try and see if it matched. They didn't use it in the trial, and the only reason they would not is if it didn't match,
0: yeah, obviously, jeez,
1: so um, I mean that brings us to I mean the end here. I really wish that there was some kind of positive in all of this. There could be if you guys go outside this- petition. I'm going to definitely the execution.
0: sign it. Yeah. This is because, awful.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, there is entirely the possibility that Melissa did this. But with all of the evidence pointing to the contrary, the fact that she did not get a fair trial in and of itself, I don't care at this point. If she did it, she deserves a fair trial, which she did not get. And I don't understand how this happened.
0: Yeah, this is this is awful.
1: So and that's why like, I'm saying... It's like,
0: geez, this woman deserves a break. Deserves, like...
1: Absolutely. Something. She has had a life, literally start to finish, of trauma. Her earliest memories are from her stepfather beating the shit out of her mother. She was sexually assaulted from the age of 6. Basically, for the rest of her life, she's been physically abused. She's been abused by the system. She's been in prison since 2008 for something that she probably didn't even do. Yeah,
0: I don't think she did. She uh, she didn't do it. And, you know, and now she's going to be put to death for it. And to be and- honest, if I were her, I I would not have hope at all. And I, yeah. maybe I I don't know.
1: Beat them to the punch. Yeah. I I could, yeah.
0: I I just would have zero hope at this point because my whole life has been shit. And now and... I lose a baby and now I'm going to be executed. I mean the only hopeful thing about it is if I were her is thinking then I'll be with my baby soon and the love of my life who happens to be dead as well.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a little bit of speculation by Melissa's family that perhaps she knew that her daughters like Selena and Alex were responsible for this and she admitted to it to protect her children.
0: Well, then that Um, just shows what God, this is heartbreaking. I'm not sure that
1: I believe that. Mm -hmm. Um while it's it's distinctly a possibility based on everything that everyone else says about her qualities as a mother, I almost feel like it was more about making the interrogation stop than it was about protecting her children because I think if she was protecting her children, she would have admitted to it right away, yeah. Um, I don't think she would have held out for five hours, especially given that she's, she's a victim of domestic violence. You do what you need to do to make it stop. If what she needed to do to make it stop was to say, I did it. This was me. I think she would have done it sooner. I think they broke her down and she did it. She held out as long as she did because that she had to, I don't think that she did this to protect her daughters. Her daughters don't deserve protection. Um yeah this this is a hard one. Yeah,
0: this that's just awful.
1: Mhm. So this was
0: that was hard and I hope we have like good news or a good update by the yeah. time this releases, but I I'm telling you I'm not hopeful and I <laughs> I don't know.
1: I mean if they could get an 11th hour pardon for rodney reed um i'm hoping they can do it for melissa lucio it's also the state of texas so i really don't know and i hope that anyone responsible for this horrible injustice to her gets what they deserve i really hope she gets what she deserves um uh, but like i like you said um i just, i'm not hopeful
0: yeah i'm not hopeful at all
1: yeah So, I found this completely on accident, and, um, sorry everyone. I hope this gave more context to what is going on, because Selena's TikToks affected a lot of people. And I don't think that you can trust someone that lies as much as she does. Even in her initial interviews, the interviewer asks her, point blank, did your mother abuse you she starts out saying no and then like in the middle of you know it's it's a it's a journalist technique it's an interrogation technique that you ask a question and you let them talk as long as they will talk and when they stop talking you stay silent yeah because eventually they'll start talking again yeah this happened in that interview where initially she says no she never did anything to us and then there's a little bit of silence and she changes her mind she's like no 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 she did and so the interviewer goes wait she did or she didn't because you just said she did not and selena openly goes well you know other people have said and the interviewer goes no i don't want to know what other people have said i want to know what you have to say and selena says you know so it's hard because other people say things and then what they say becomes part of my memory, which is so true. And and she was young and impressionable at the time. I think her first answer of no is the truth. So, I'd, I mean, I could go on and on about this. I have to stop. I would recommend watching the interview um, that they did on Lone Star Plate. There there's two versions of it. There's a shortened 45 minute version. I watched the full two hour version because I wanted all of it. It was a good interview. And um, yeah, I just All right. I gotta be done. Oh, woof, that was bad. Oh uh, well, if if it gets some people to act on it.
0: I hope so. Yeah. Well, thanks for that little love nugget, Crystal. <sighs> yeah you're <laughs> welcome
1: um i'm tired i'm fed up with people
0: well, yeah. And yeah um, and texas
1: yeah oh. not
0: talking about texas for a
1: <laughs> while i think i'm gonna go to florida for my next one
0: yeah there you go love some good florida man. love some good florida crazy because that's yeah. what it is there i mean yeah. this so- is maddening but maybe my next one will be a little a little lighter I don't know. Yeah, I
1: think we need something okay. a little lighter.
0: I'll try to go um, on the lighter side. You know me, though. The more... Although this was a bit much. I think... I think...
1: This one This one was rough in a different way. Yeah. Um. It was not rough in terms of gore. It was just rough in yeah. terms of one person's life should not contain... This much awful. This much trauma. This is horrible. That is horrible. Yeah. And I, just, I don't... There's nothing she could have done in any past life that she deserves this.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go wash my brain of this, and um, we'll we'll see you next week.
0: All right, goodbye.
1: <laughs> so cheery, goodbye.
0: Oh, okay, I'll match the episode. <sighs> Fuck it, bye. <laughs> <laughs>